Welcome to Ladies Get Action, the podcast where two best friends talk about getting action movies. I'm Rebecca Ringley. This is Rin Olson. This week we watched John Wick 3, Parabellum. <laughs> yeah, this is our first third movie in a series that we've watched for this podcast. Yes, well, Fast and the Furious 3. Oh, you're right. This is the second one. Mm-hmm. We've, we've had a great run of second movies lately of sequels, enjoying them. A lot. And we didn't love the Fast and Furious 3 movie. So I'm curious to see how this one stacks up. Yeah, me too. I have a lot of thoughts, feelings, and opinions about this. But (laughs) (laughs) um, before we get into it, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star written review. It really helps us get the word out there so we can share more movies. Yes, it's super easy and do it right now. Thank you. Before we get into the movie, how's your week been? My week has been good. I mean, so last week we went to the cocktail thing, which I think we talked about. And this week has been really busy with work. And the leaves are changing here, which is really nice. I am about a month out from moving. I don't like you saying it. (laughs) I know, I know. But... You know, my dad is going to come help me and like solidified his Airbnb. And so that makes it very real. So lots of feelings about that. I'm going to be moving to Oregon for about three months. And then I'm going to probably be moving to Southern California, which is very exciting. But I've lived in New York for 11 and a half years. So it's just going to be a really big change. Yeah, really exciting and sad. Um, I'm also moving to LA. (laughs) Right, surprise. (laughs) For me, it's mostly overwhelming and not really real yet, but for you, it's getting more real. I mean, you've got a few months, but that's, you know, it'll come up. So that's where I'm at. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Just been working and I'm going to the Bay Area for Thanksgiving, which I'm really looking forward to. I get to see my grandma and my new little cousin. Another news, it's like pretty in fall weather here and it's not too cold yet, which I like. Mm-hmm. This is about as cold as I want it to get, like in the 60s. So it's been nice. And um, tomorrow we're going to a show in Brooklyn, which I'm really excited about. And that's going to be great. We're going to go see a live show of Will You Accept This Rose, which is my favorite Bachelor podcast with Arden Marine and Brian Sophie will be there and all kinds of people I like. So I'm really excited. Rebecca's been keeping me up to date with all the BravoCon news oh, yeah. and like seeing the lines on people's lives, <laughs> which is just wild. <laughs> It sounds, it seems like a lot of fun, but very tiring. And it's the kind of thing that like, if I were to go, I would want to do every single thing and I'd be so exhausted and my feet oh, yeah. hurt so bad. And mm-hmm. It's like a Disney World day where you like, you only have so much time, but you want to get everything in. Well, and for this experience, you'd really need like the super, 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 super VIP. Pass. Yeah. There's, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. And you're still waiting in lines. Ugh. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we get into John Wick 3 Parabellum? Yes. <laughs> Going in, did you know what Parabellum meant? I didn't, but the movie does reveal it. Yes. Did you? Yes. Okay, nice. Um, because I'm familiar with the word, an- the word antebellum, which right. means post-war. Yeah, I'm familiar with that word too, but I didn't really put them together until just now, or right. like just when I watched the movie. So give me general impressions about this movie. <laughs> in general, it is a John Wick movie through and through. By that I mean, it's ultra-violent very focused in its own world. I thought it was fun. Overall, I had a fun time. I enjoyed most of the characters. I I loved this new villain super fan guy. I thought he was great. Oh yeah. You know, overall I really enjoyed the movie. The things about this series and realizing that like each film is holding on to and amplifying are not the things that I love the most about the first one. They're the wrong things. <laughs> They're the wrong things. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 100%, yes. Um, <laughs> but it's very clear that they're, like, leaning into aspects of this world and of John Wick's character that are consistent but less appealing to me. So the movie is ultra-violent and bureaucratic in a way that I thought was hilarious. <laughs> What did you think? What were your overall thoughts? So the movie started out really strong for me. Um, and by the end, like by the, at the beginning, I was super excited to be back in the world. I was having a blast, partly because the movie abandons all notions of existing in the real world. Oh, yeah. And it's this movie is high. <laughs> basically, it's high fantasy, high mm-hmm. ultraviolet fantasy. You could put this storyline in Game of Thrones and it would make sense. Yeah, yeah. You because know? it's a world in which... 
the the most intense bureaucracy exists and everyone's in on it every single person every in the world single person including the animals are also hitmen <laughs> yeah. yeah but it's just like it's so full of the high table and the adjudicator and john wick must go on this quest to seek this elder who lives in the like desert 30. <laughs> and also like i guess they get really good wi-fi out there because he's like up to date on stuff yeah so that was all pretty silly i will say it was really fun to watch certain actors take this very heightened language and like turn it into what felt like a shakespeare play to me mm-hmm. where i was like really enjoying their scenes Oh, um, I mean, do you mean like Lawrence Fishburne? Oh God, he was Lawrence great. Fishburne was fantastic. He's great. He's a huge highlight in the movie for me too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he just takes this this language that should be so silly and makes it feel so grounded and like so powerful. And mm-hmm. I mean, he brings the world to life basically. Um, but by the end of the movie, I was just like, why did I watch that? Well, he kind of starts right where it right. <laughs> ends he right where right where he started, and nothing has happened. Nothing and changed, really. All the cool new characters that we met, like um, uh, the the Russian woman played by uh, Angelica Houston. Mm-hmm. She's still in it. She's still in it, but like nothing has happened with her. I know. So I was really irritated by that. <laughs> and oh my God, this movie is violent. Like John Wick was violent. It's but horribly violent. This is violent. Each movie has gotten more and more violent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention, so the dogs are in on it. Pigeons are in on it. Horses are in on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Horses are used as a weapon that you can like yeah. trigger at will. Yeah. Um, this movie is a mess. I had fun for most of it. I wanted the adjudicator to be better. Oh, I couldn't stand the adjudicator. Yeah. It was like, I really thought that that character was going to die. Yeah. And I just didn't, I couldn't tell if they were like toying with characters at time or if, like the scene at the very end where, where Winston is like, Oh no, I've, I'm actually doing this on purpose. And they're like, of course, you were showing strength to the table. I thought that they were going to be like, just kidding. <laughs> we're going to kill you anyway. But anyway, let's start at the beginning. It starts right where the last movie left off. Just like John Wick 2. And it was good because it didn't, you know, I, I immediately remembered. I immediately remembered how the last one ended, which was that basically he's got an hour's head start. Every assassin in the whole wide world is going to come after him because this telegram is going to go out. We've still got this really weird blend of like out of time, like anachronistic systems that somehow work. Oh, yeah. 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 This call center with all these tattooed women mm-hmm. um, in 50s outfits and 50s hair. Yeah. Very strange. Basically, he's on the run with his dog who does not have a leash or a collar. Or a name. I got used to that. I know. I, the, the worst part of this movie is where the dog is clearly suffering. Like, he's out in the rain. He's on the run. Oh, I know. Was I was worried about all the dogs in this movie. You were rightfully so. But they were all okay. Except for the one that got shot. He was fine. He was wearing a bulletproof vest. She pulled the bullet out, and then oh. there were two dogs in the next scene. Right, right, right. Okay, I did. I got confused about that. No, the dog didn't die. Okay, good. She was pissed that he shot at her dog. Yeah. I didn't catch in the past two movies, or maybe I did, and I just forgot, that the concierge at the Continental is named Sharon. I don't even know if he got his name before. He was just the guy. Right. So they gave him the name of like the ferryman to the underworld. Oh, interesting. In like Greek mythology. Okay. Just like fun little thing. He reminds me of um, Michelle from um, Gilmore Girls. Hmm. Like kind of French. And... Oh, I see that. Yes. Yeah. But basically, oh, Jason Manzoukas is in this movie who we love. Yes. That's who I was like staring at his face being like, I know you. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. So he plays um, the first one, the first like Bowery uh, team members. Yes. Yeah. He's playing the Bowery Kings, like second in command assistant guy. Yeah. And so he's a homeless guy. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. one of the homeless hitmen. He threatens John Wick, and everyone's like, We know you got 40 minutes left. You got 30 tick minutes tock, left. Tick tock. And literally everybody on the street and everyone around him, including his cab driver, is also a hitman. We're like in on the hitman economy. And he drops his dog off at the hotel. The random cab driver like accepts hitman coins. Right. This is where I mean, like, they've completely done away with the idea that this world is, like, even barely at all set in our world. Yeah, for sure. He ends up going to the public library where he's stashed some extra Hitman coins and a big Hitman coin. Yes. Much like Gunpowder Milkshake, you know, he has to ask for a specific book 
And do you think the librarian was in on Hitman World too? Yes. Yeah. I think she was, but I think it, I think the library is like maybe neutral ground. Mm. I don't think so because he was attacked there and it wasn't oh, an right. issue. That's true. But I do think she was in on it. Yeah. Um, but he's stashed like a picture of his wife, which he leaves in the book. Mm-hmm. I guess it's safer than on his person. And takes his little hitman coins and a big hitman coin and a yeah, cross. And a big crucifix. Yeah. And then it is immediately like, he's got like 15 minutes to go or something like that, or maybe an hour, I don't know. Um, and he's immediately attacked by Ernest. By this giant man. Yeah. And he's like, I still have 10 minutes. And the guy's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, they're not really going to know. Yeah. Who's going to care? Also, the library is like cleared out at this point. Any normal people are gone. Yeah. At least in the room that he's in, there's nobody there. So they have a nasty fight. Oh, um, yeah. Very brutal. And it ends <sighs> with John Wick punching the book into this man's mouth mm-hmm. and then breaking his neck over it. Yeah, using the book's spine to break this guy's neck. Ugh. Yeah, it was brutal and nasty. And um, it just started, you know, the tone of the violence is going to be like that. Yeah. You know, John Wick isn't like, it's like he's going to special lengths to kill creatively. You could just shoot him. Right. Get your gun. It's like he's taken this excommunicado as a personal affront, as I guess he should, and decided he's not going to kill anybody with, with a gun. Which... Well, he does. You know, he shoots a million people. Right. But not at first. He doesn't pick up a gun. In any case, he's at the hitman doctor now. Yeah. It's funny with thinking about moving or not thinking, like thinking about my move out of New York. It's funny to see a movie like this and be like, oh, look, there's the, the hitman doctor is on the street where like the dim someplace we tried to go to and the bar Apoteca is. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and just all these little things where I have personal memories. That's <laughs> kind of funny. But I was just like, Ugh, I'm like, everyone is so by the rules. It's really annoying. So he goes to the hitman doctor and the hitman doctor's like, I can't help you. He's like, I still have 10 minutes. And then he's like, okay, I'll help you for like 10 minutes. Like they run out of time and John Wick continues stitching himself up, which mm-hmm. is nasty. And then a hundred million hitmen get the same text that he's available now for, for killing. And then the doctor is like, you need to shoot me because no one's going to believe that I stopped on time. And then John Wick immediately is like, oh, like, great, and just shoots him. No compunction whatsoever. Yeah, and he's like, well, make sure you get right here and just shoots him. And then he's like, you should probably shoot me twice. No one reacts to being shot in this movie. No, like you should be, except for the guy who gets kneecapped on the roof of Halle Berry, her boss, Barato. Oh, yeah, 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 he reacts. Yeah. No, you're right. Everybody else is like, what? Yeah, like, I mean, Jesus. So he shoots him twice. So that hopefully they won't come after the doctor. But given the way the adjudicator comes after everyone later, I'm sure they're coming after the doctor. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah they don't seem to care. And it's just like, oh, the bureaucracy of the hitman world is so intense. I mean, I guess with the adjudicator, we see so- some of that, like those consequences. What do you mean? Well, in the sense of like, everybody's like, oh, the high table mm-hmm. rules all. But it's like, I haven't really seen the might of the high table. I just don't get why it mattered. I mean, all in all, this movie actually... I mean, in a perfect way, they call it Parabellum. It is actually just a setup for the next movie, which will be about the high table. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pro- probably also why I was so irritated at the end, where I was like, why did I need to watch this? Right. Because, well, it ends where it started. Mm, yeah. In any case, um, before we get there, John Wick is on the run now from every hitman in the whole world. Every hot hitman, I have to say. Yeah. Like, they're all handsome. It's like not a bad looking one in the punch. <laughs> it's all men, mercifully, so far, too. Yeah, there are a couple couple women in there, but... I'm saying that's a good thing. I didn't want to see yeah. a bunch of women get brutally murdered. Yeah. Um, they ends up in an antiques warehouse with a full armory upstairs. I know. Yeah, it, it felt like there's that room or that floor at the, uh, the Met where it's like all the antiquities of weapons and things like sabers, and it felt like that. Yeah. At first, I was like, it's so nice of these like Mongolian hitmen to attack one at a time. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, but then eventually they do like kind of swarm him. But they have just big-ass knife fight. They're just throwing yeah. knives at each other. They're smashing the glass to get the knives. Yeah, and all the knives are, like, taking out these guys, and all the knives are not hitting John Wick. Yeah. He's the superhero in this movie. Like, again and again and again, especially the way it ends. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, you know, he cannot die. And there's just no dialogue in the scene either. It's just a very long, brutal combat scene. And then... One of the ending things is he's holding a guy. Oh, I know. I he stabs him too. through the eyeball and we don't cut away. We watch it. No. And I couldn't believe it. And why not just like slit his throat? Right. It's so, it's hard because the movie wants us to believe like the big question of the movie is like, what kind of man do you want to die as? But I think the big question should have been like, how much do you enjoy this? Because it seems like you do, John Wick. 
Well, I do think that they were questioning that too. Mm-hmm. Because the uh, the ninjas who come in later keep saying like, we're alike, we're alike, we love your style. Right. Like you're the best hitman in the world. Like we want to fight against the best. Such an honor to fight with you. Yeah, like we're big fans. They say at one point we're big fans of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just alike because you love killing. Like this is your talent. So I guess, that, I get there's that. I don't understand his motivation for like being extra brutal or like stabbing this random man through the eyeball rather than slitting his throat. He's going to have to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Stabbing them through the eyeball doesn't kill them. Also, the man doesn't scream or anything. No, he just goes, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, it's unnecessary and so ultra-violent and brutal and nasty. <laughs> so violent. And look at your notes. So violent. This is incredibly violent. Next, we get... So first, we get the Chinese assassins. Now we get the Italians. But who we really get next are the horse assassins. Because <laughs> we go to the stables. Yeah, and then we, we get a little moment to see, like, okay, Doggy's fine. He's at the Hitman Hotel. And, like, he gets unlimited free dog boarding there. Right, I know. How do you how do you sign up for that? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, now now he's up against the Italian guys in a horse barn in the city. And it, these must be the horses that go around Central Park. It's the only explanation. That's what I was thinking. But they didn't look like it. No. And they're all just hanging out, like, not in their stables, just, like, hanging out. And... <laughs> He uses one of the horses to kill a guy by kicking him, like on command. Right, he like slaps the back of the horse, and the, and the horse's leg goes boop. Yeah, kicks him twice. Yeah, kills someone, and then he he attaches another guy to the back of the horse and drags him till he's dead. And it goes on like that for about three or four minutes. Well, these scenes are long. There's no dialogue. It was they're long, and they keep getting longer. The fight scene at the end is like oh my god, too long. I stopped taking notes. So then he hops on a motorcycle. And oh yeah no rides... before that he's riding a horse and then he rides the oh, horse right. on the side in the middle of the street yeah in a, in a place that i thought was queens and i was like this isn't manhattan but then when he gets to his next place did you recognize it of course it's the palace theater <laughs> he makes it to the palace theater i like screamed look at my notes i know i got so excited too he's at united palace theater like in our neighborhood where we saw um Grey showman and you got to see Black Panther. And you got to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Um, it's the most beautiful or innate place. And it's perfect for this. And it feels right in line yeah. with the story. It feels it's like of this world. So stunning. It feels absolutely of this world. Yeah. Because it's like insanely ornate inside there. They didn't have to change anything. And I also noticed when they were shooting people in there, they didn't get any blood in the carpet. I'm like, good. Good. Don't get anything on the carpet. Do they know how much it took to restore that place? <laughs> like... They're still restoring the organ. Are they going to like toss in some coins for that? <laughs> but yeah, he he goes in the, the theater and there's like a table set up in the lobby with uh, guys with tattoos all over their faces. And he gives them the cross, his big coin and a little coin and his belt. And I'm like, is this like a sanctuary for hitmen? What is this? I thought this was all actually pretty confusing. This part didn't make sense. Again, it's one of the things in the movie where the filmmakers clearly thought it looked cool and yeah. sound cool, but there was no, to link it back to me in copywriting, um, in my first drafts and also like in past work, I get in the habit of just like writing a headline or writing a phrase and not like following up what that phrase means. Mm-hmm. And that is something I've like trained myself to know, yeah. to do and be like, this is what that headline means because it can sound really too complicated or like not plain enough. But the, the filmmakers basically basically did that equivalent where they like put out this very cool shiny thing and failed to explain how it ties in to the story or like kind of go deeper into the backstory of it. Yeah. What we're I think what we're meant to assume is that John Wick is actually Russian mob. Yes. And that before in his old life, before he retired, we met him when he was retired, he was part of this part of the the mob. Mm-hmm. He was like a Russian mob guy. And his name was really Jardani. Jardani Jovovich. Yes. And he goes inside the stunning theater and he sees there's a ballerina practicing and a mean director. And the director is Angelica Houston. And he bows to her and she's like, Jardani or Jardani. <laughs> it's like Giovanni from I wanted a, to call him Giovanni too. From <laughs> Real Housewives. Giovanni. <laughs> um but he gives her, um, he says, like, I still have a ticket. And she's like, it's expired because you're, you know, excommunicated. All, you know, this bureaucratic crap. And then she goes, you do all this because of a puppy? 
<laughs> to watch me. Like, yes. But they go through the theater and then it's a different set, clearly. Yes. Um, yeah. That's where I was like, oh, wait, is, is that the Palace Theater? But no, we it wasn't. It was yeah. something else. They go back in the Palace Theater for other scenes. They do. That was fun to see, too. Yeah. These girls are in ballet outfits and training to be ballerinas and pulling their own toenails oh, off. That was gross. It's just nasty. Why even show that? I think it wanted to be because the girls are ballerinas and the boys are wrestlers and Angelica Houston is like screaming at this girl to like keep going, keep going, even though the little girl's like clearly exhausted. So what I thought also was that John Wick had come up through this school. Yeah, well she said yeah, she said, Do you remember this? Yeah. yeah I think clearly he did. So it's very... like it's assassin school. Yeah. It's kind of like um it's like the Black Widow Assassin yes, School we thank see. thank you. Black Widow Assassin School. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like ballet and assassin shit and wrestling and assassin shit for little boys and pulling off your own toenails. And because it seems awful. You have to dedicate so much to like the craft or whatever nonsense. I don't know. I guess it's the Russian mob training ground for children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. I guess that's where Charbani, Chardani came, came to be. And I'm like, oh, wait, he's, like, joining the Russian mob again? I'm confused. Right. He started speaking with a Russian accent to her, which is strange. Yeah, that was weird. And then, basically, he sits down with her in this giant office, and there he's, like, he gets, like, a cross brand on his back. Yeah, because he wants his ticket, like, honored. And she's like, I'll, I'll rip your ticket, but you, like, you're out, basically. Yeah, she said, your ticket is torn. You can never come home again. Take him to the lifeboat. It's just such heightened language that... It's all so silly. And then she gets punished up. for this, too. Yeah, later she does. And then we meet the adjudicator. Who has a special coin, a different coin. Mm-hmm. The yeah. acting was terrible. The acting was not good. Basically, the adjudicator comes uh, to the Hitman Hotel, and they're mad uh, with the hotel owner for giving John Wick an hour's head start. Yeah. They're like, you should have just killed him immediately. Why didn't you do that? That's like... Right, for killing someone in your hotel. Yeah. That's against the rules. <laughs> and then basically the punishment is like, you have seven days to like step down from your position and like name a successor or else. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, like this is like an oversight committee. Like everybody like <laughs> well, seven is. days, like get your things in order, you know, file your tax returns. And then we're going to come back and look at your taxes. Like, it's just so silly. It's just so kill him. Stupid. If you want to kill him, just kill him. If you want to cut up his hands, just do that. Right. All this talk and very little action followed up. Well, I mean, you imagine this person has to go home and do a million, like, reams of paperwork. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're just typing out on their typewriter. Yeah, like, they're just like, oh. I mean, like, it's definitely a typewriter. It is a typewriter because they cannot use a computer. And then they're they're putting it in little tubes. <laughs> like, falcons are taking it somewhere, right. you know. Well, you don't, they don't like pigeons. Right. We, we saw that. Anyway, the manager is going to be put up. On the street. But then this person goes up against the Bowery King, who we love. I, oh God, Lawrence Fishburne in this scene is so good. Okay, he says um, something to the effect of, I didn't get the exact quote, but like, I am the things you don't look at on the street. Yeah. It just feels like he's delivering a monologue on stage. That's beautiful. Well, he's saying, you know, like, because he has got his homeless army. Yeah. Um, he's like, you know, we're everywhere. And like, I have so much power and not, I don't really care about the high table. Right. So like, and it's translated in this super heightened language that would read but, silly on anyone else. You're right. But it feels like cool and powerful from him. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate for the person playing the adjudicator because they don't stand a chance in that scene next to Lawrence Fishburne. No. It would be very hard to go up against Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, yeah. You know. But, you know, Halle Berry could have done great in that scene or like. Mm. Yeah. I'd have to think on that. I think Halle um, Berry. Yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> um, I don't agree. I thought, so from here, I thought the movie was going to be like, a, they're going to, like, so clearly Winston's out. Clearly the Bowery King's out. I thought it was going to be a thing where, like, they totally got, John Wick is like, we'll get the band back together, you know? We'll, like, unite. The three of us will unite. We'll, like, go for, like, go against the high table from there. Right, which is sort of where we get at the very end, but not quite. Right. But, yeah, that's not what happens. Um, instead, he ends up in Morocco. And they say that he has amnesty there. And he gets taken to the Moroccan Hitman Hotel, which is stunning. So beautiful. And it's also where they make all the coins, apparently. Right. So it was kind of cool to get, like, a little bit of the backstory of, like, the coins. But we also don't understand how they're distributed or, like, what's the ratio. How you earn them. And Halle Berry shows up. Yes. Um, And, like, everything except for the killing is so formal and bureaucratic. (laughs) I know. And that's why it feels like a Game of Thrones where it's, like... Now you have come to this land, and in this land, I am the king. And in this kingdom, 
there is a high table and you need to bow to this guy and our coins are this and our things exactly. are that. <laughs> like there's so many rules and regulations and delegations and you have amnesty here but not there and like oh yeah it's so confusing yeah no you're right like it is like a completely different alternate world yeah the different kingdoms of mobsters <laughs> exactly that's so funny um <laughs> but yes we we get to meet um Halle Berry and she has two puppies the puppies what do you think of these dogs um okay so German shepherds are really scary to me one is a German shepherd the other one's like a pit mix yeah um I I just have the German shepherds but I I think they're really cute they scare me a lot um for the most part they they show some teeth at the beginning and then they just seem like happy little dogs except for when they're like attacking people I was at the gonna end. say I don't <laughs> think so um but. I thought they were cuties but um like skinny too skinny they didn't and, and like how thin the pit bull was but I guess they're supposed to look mean. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they are also hitmen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These puppies are hitmen, too. And they're wearing bulletproof vests. And they are, like, working dogs. Oh, they're working dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're, like, you know, nice to her, but mean to everybody else. And you're right. German Shepherds um, can be trained as attack dogs. Mm-hmm. And this one was. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, we get some exposition here about, like, she's, like, I'm a manager now at the table. Apparently, you can get promoted to being a manager of a hotel. Well, she's not the manager of the hotel. No, I thought we met the manager of the hotel, and then she's something else. Maybe she is the manager of the hotel. I thought she was the manager of the hotel. And there's a third guy from Game of Thrones. Oh, that's who he was. Yes, I couldn't figure that out. Yes. Speaking of Game of Thrones. He's probably like the coin master or something like that. That probably is his title. The coin king. Rado, the coin master. You know. When, like, she's telling the story of her daughter... It just didn't land for me. Okay. Like, and so. It's all exposition too. It's all stuff you haven't seen. And right. We're just being told that he's done this giant favor for her in the past, basically, and hid her daughter somewhere. Yeah. And that she owes him like a, a life debt. Yeah. And because we haven't met her before and we haven't seen any yeah. of that, when she starts getting very emotional, and maybe it's just a director note versus a Halle Berry note, it just felt like it was too much and I didn't understand it. But she, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of her character on screen. I liked her. I didn't have a problem with that, but I hear you. Yeah. Um, I liked her and her puppy, Army. She does have a very funny moment where she's, like, talking to John. It's clearly clear that she's going to, like, hear him out. And she goes, sit. And the dogs sit. And John stands and she goes, I was talking to you, John. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I get that. I would have sat down. Oh, yeah. And then we cut to the adjudicators in Japan looking for ninjas. <laughs> To kill John and everybody who helped him. So the adjudicator recruits like a, a band of like ninjas who work at a sushi restaurant. They do this negotiation and then it's like a challenge. And the sushi mm. chef is our our villain right. super fan, Ninja. Right. And they're like, this is a piece of blowfish. It's very dangerous, very poisonous. And then they eat it. They go to the Palace Theater. This is interesting to me too. So it's like they don't kill Angelica Houston, the adjudicator. Mm-hmm. Like the punishment isn't death. But the punishment is death for all of her henchmen. I guess so. Because the ninjas come in and they kill basically everybody. Yeah. There's a great moment when the, the ballerinas are on stage. Yeah, dancing, that was very cool. And the ninjas come through the lights. and Yeah, are standing on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was surprised that they, you know, that they killed so many other people. Rather than, couldn't they just walk in the front door and be like, take us to your leader? Because they didn't kill Angelica Houston. If they were there to kill her, I would understand that, but. They're there to, like, split her hands open. To put some fear of the high table into her? But then, like, all of her goons are dead. And they should have made it clear that we are killing your goons because... Oh, sure, this. yeah, this is the cost I mean, it. that's, like, the unspoken thing, but... Is it? I guess. Again, with the bureaucracy, really, it's so clear for everything else. I just needed to make their... Right, they're like, yeah, they could easily say, okay, we killed a hundred of your people, and we're going to cut your hands open. I mean, they tell the punishment to Lawrence Fishburne. Silly. This is where the movie really sort of started falling apart. Yeah. So we're back in Morocco. He wants to talk to the high table. He meets up with a guy from Game of Thrones mm-hmm. who immediately is interested in the sweet German shepherd puppy. Yeah. Puppy assassin. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, does he shed? I'm like, yes, that dog sheds a lot, actually. <laughs> like, that's the wrong kind of dog if you don't know what a dog that sheds. And Halle Berry's like, sometimes, like, you're lying. A dog sheds constantly. Well, she doesn't want to give up her baby. No, but she should say it sheds all the time. Oh, yeah. To dissuade him, mm-hmm. rather than being sometimes. Clearly, this film was written by somebody who wasn't a dog owner. Yeah. 
if you don't want someone to take your dog, you say, oh yeah, it sheds all the time. It's disgusting. Also, it's not trained. Right. I'm also always coughing up uh, hair and it's always oh, pissing yeah. on the carpet. Yeah. It's always eating grass. And, like, I wake up and it pees on my bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I've always growing everything. up. <laughs> yeah. Tried everything. It's, it's an untrainable dog. <laughs> I mean, if you want to have him, take him. Yeah. Please yeah. Take yeah. This dog off my hands. <laughs> That should have been her strategy. I know. Instead, she's like, no, he's like a perfect angel. I'm like, oh my God, you idiot. He's going to take your dog. Yeah, you can see that coming from a mile away. Yeah. And he has a fancy outdoor office. <laughs> I'm like, this I know. is so impractical. What happens when it rains? Well, it's, the de- it's Morocco, so it probably doesn't rain a ton. Well, it definitely does rain. Right, there's right. plenty of vegetation. Oh, sure. It does rain. And there's plenty of sand and stuff. All of his papers are going to get sandy. Yeah. <laughs> can't tell you <laughs> yeah he asks if John is there to kill him there's somebody else that we don't know and we haven't met yet the one who sits above the table right. so the structure of the bureaucracy oh seems to be I think it's the elder high table it's the one who sits above the table that's the elder there's either one person above the table or two people above the table there's a table there's under the table under the table is like hit- managers yeah there's like hitman managers and then there's like regular hitmen. Concierges probably go under managers. Yeah, and whoever's like heading up the different mobs. Yeah, you need a flow chart here. Yeah, we definitely needed a graph. Maybe we should have provided yeah. a graph. That would have been helpful. Like, I would have liked to have seen an on screen graph beforehand. Or, you know, what we should have just seen is number one, the adjudicator should have had more paperwork to do. And we should have seen them with like a clipboard. Oh, yeah. That had a picture of the graph. We could just see it for half a second and we could have paused and go, yep, that's it. Yeah, your little right. family tree. It would be a clipboard because I was like, oh, they could just be on their laptop, but no, it would have to be a clipboard. Oh, yeah, they're definitely not using technology. No. Couldn't they use like a Blackberry or something? That would be good. <laughs> anyway, Murado, who is our... Um, but he wants her dog. Yep. Basically, he's like, I'll tell you where the elder is. Oh, I think you're right. Maybe that is the thing. The elder is the one who said so. So I was wrong. You're right. For the record. Oh. Well, thank you. But basically, he's like, okay, you walk in the desert, and then you die, and then maybe you'll meet the elder. Yeah. And But follow like, us. To, with, again, again, this feels like a Game of Thrones or, like, high fantasy epic thing where it's like, you see that constellation, basically the dog constellation, Canis Minor, follow it all the way to the east until you feel like you're about to die. Then walk some more. Then die. Or not. The elder will find you. No, or not. Yeah. And then he wants her dog. I'm like, this movie's all about dogs. <laughs> it really is. This is where I wrote, not another dog death. I know. Well, that's, I mean, I actually really like it as a beat because it adds up the stakes. And it's, it's thematic. This movie's all, this series is all about doggies. And so he shoots at the dog. And thank God the dog was wearing the bulletproof vest. Because mm-hmm. Halle Berry is furious, of course. And as out. was I. As was, yes, me too. I was very upset. Um, but then she leans down and was like, okay, the dog might be okay because they're wearing the bulletproof vest. And I go, thank God. And she grabs the bullet off of him. I think what happened was I was still, I was just so upset by this dog dying yeah. that I just didn't register that it was, that it was safe. I was just like, oh my God, they killed the dog. Of course. And then I just like, I imagine you down. probably closed your eyes. Yeah. Because then also in the next scene, it was like so much violence that I was like, I, I wrote like too much violence in this escape scene. I feel ill. Yeah. In any case, the dog is okay. Mm-hmm. and pretends to stay laying down for a minute. And then Halle Berry's like, yeah, I'm going to kill everybody here. And she goes yeah. like, he shot my dog. And John's like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, um, then the doggies know combat, but Halle Berry is cool and good at shooting. The dog should get guns too. <laughs> yeah, they can just like turn little, little machine guns. <laughs> they can. <laughs> They're little hitman puppies, and they should have their own guns. They do a great job with their teeth, though. They go right for Barato's crotch. Yeah, they do. They go for the crotch, and then she shoots him in the leg rather than killing him. I think the crotch has some severe... Mm-hmm. I learned from watching the same episode of True Blood over and over because oh, I could never get into it. Um, I never I never got into it. I oh, like I, watched... liked, I liked True Blood. It was mm-hmm. a mess. Yeah, I watched the first episode like a million times. Interesting. But Did you try the second episode? That might have helped <laughs> get you get into it. Maybe, yeah. I probably shouldn't have moved on. <laughs> You were just supposed to watch the first one over and over again. Until you get hooked. <laughs> well, because I'd like watch it and then I'd forget and I'd be like, oh, I should start it again because it's vampires and I think I'd like really like this. I think you'd like it too. <laughs> yeah. But I just kept watching. Anyway, point being that I know that there's an artery in the crotch. So I think he's probably, I was like, oh, he's going to bleed out. 
<laughs> anyway, I have it on Blu-ray if you want to borrow it oh. somewhere over there. Maybe I'll start with the start, I think you should start with number two and just see what you missed. I think you'll get, get catched up. But yeah, I was like, doggy heroes, doggy hitmen. Even the dogs are hitmen in this world. Uh, there's this great moment where the dog like literally scales the roof. Oh my God, the dogs are superheroes. They're like scaling roofs. Yeah. They're hopping over cars, like, and nothing hurts the doggy. Thank God. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but the dogs hurt everybody else, and John Wick and Halle Berry kill one million people. Yeah. And they shoot them all, and it's like super bloody, and everyone's heads getting, you know, blood splattered, and it's very, very violent. And then I started getting worried about the dogs not having enough water as they're driving in the desert. I'm just like, I'm really worried about these puppies. Well, the movie- and the second I started writing it. She comes out with a big water bottle for Just the dogs and a bowl. know the dogs are fine. I was like, good, okay. And then she, give them some food, please. Right. And then she does a very funny thing where she offers John the water. I thought that was kind of gross. It's disgusting, but it's funny. The, the film lingered on it a little too long for me. Yeah. But she offers him the water. She pulls it back. She takes a swig. She spits it into the bottle. Blah. Yuck. Hug your dogs. We'll be right back with more John Wick. We are Ladies Get Action. We are New York City. And we're back. <laughs> so Halle Berry abandons him in the desert. Now he's alone to walk in the desert and suffer. Mm-hmm. Did you, have you seen the mo- the Rent movie? Yes. You know that scene where Adam Pascal is like walking in the backdrop of Santa Fe? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. But... Oh, it's a classic movie scene for me because it's so bad where he's like singing this very emotional song but he's like walking in the mountains that are clearly like a stage uh-huh. and that's what i always think of whenever i see people in desert now oh <laughs> yeah roger walking like very um perkily we're back to the bowery kingdom where that's the right. educator has shown up and decided to kill everybody yep the ninjas are here uh-huh. they're slitting throats they're killing people just like with um just like with the ruska roma they're killing a million henchmen before they get to the big boss Barry yep. King and I was like it's like all their men are disposable like same with the theater right like, are all these men just completely disposable does get more I guess so I guess they are they have a million 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 disposable hitmen and then a different set of a million important hitmen who are supposed to remember their names and their structure right who are like it's a really big deal if you kill one of them but if you kill one of the hundred million disposable hitmen no big deal, no consequences. Well, it's the same problem kind of in the old guard that we went through. Yeah. Where it's like, you want to believe that these things have meaning. Like this yeah. bureaucracy has meanings, but it doesn't have meaning unless you have humans who believe in the meaning. You're right. Yeah. I mean, for any kind of bureaucracy to work, it has to matter a little bit if the people on the bottom of the pyramid die. Right. It has to matter Because they're just still supporting. Enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to matter a lot, but it has to matter a little bit. Because then who else are you going to get to do your henchman duties? Yeah. Your giant bureaucracy. Like if it, you know, it's just silly. Basically, they get up to the ceil- the uh, the rooftop. And the Bowery King is like, ah, I changed my mind. I'll, I'll do what you want me to. Yeah. I'll serve. And they're like, it's too late. Um, they're like seven slices for seven bullets you gave John Wick. I thought the Bowery King was going to throw this white pigeon into the me air, too. into their face. and he, he likes his birds. Yeah. He doesn't want to hurt it. This movie's very good with animals. Mm-hmm. Might help if you were better with people, but eh. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not very concerned with people safety, but it's very concerned with animal safety. Yes. Barry King appears to be killed. I thought he was definitely killed. I thought he was definitely dead. I mean it looked like he got sliced open. Right. There's a bunch of blood like It looked like his, his head was like yeah. back. Like yeah. his th- th- like it looked like his throat got slit. Why not fight back? Also, why why hasn't there been an uprising against the high table before? I don't know. If this were truly Game of Thrones, there'd be all sorts of scheming and... Right, and it appears Bowery King like, feels that way, and so does Winston, or so we think. Right. Similar. That's such a mess. That's such a mess. We'll get to that, but that the ending is such a mess. It makes me so annoyed. I was, I was confused with the ending. I thought it was stupid. But yeah, you're right. Like, Why is anyone... I mean, we sort of see that in the second movie. Sort of, but it's so light. The focus is still on the bureaucracy and the. Oh my god! It's, yeah. Oh, you know what it is? It's the I mentioned it a few minutes ago. But it's like it's the morals of this high cut table. Yeah. It's like you're hitmen, but what separates us from the animals? Yeah. Are these rules? Are the rules? But the rules don't make sense. No. 
But isn't that like the real bureaucracy? <laughs> yes, it is. I was going to say, there are some really beautiful through lines here to capitalism if you want to like <laughs> think about that. But uh, let's talk about the elder. Um, he's like in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he looks great. He doesn't look like an elder. He's in the desert. John Wick, of course, gets picked <clears throat> up by this one of his desert henchmen. What did you think of this scene? I thought it was really, really strange. I thought it was dumb and I thought it belonged in a different movie. For a man who kills as often and as brutally as John Wick kills so many people, it kind of confused me why he wanted to be alive so much. You know, like it seems like life doesn't have much meaning to him because he kills like so effortlessly and in such volume. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's single. As so I kind of feel like he'd, you know, why isn't he a little bit suicidal? Do you think this movie would have been improved if it turns out that, like, he had had a daughter or a son, like a child? Maybe, yes, because then he'd have a real reason to live. Yeah, or if, like, to take Hallie... care of them or to make sure they're safe. Maybe if Halle Berry's daughter was actually his daughter and she Maybe tells it's him his that. daughter and Halle Berry's daughter. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, if she can, like, she reveals in their scene that, like, and it was your baby. Yeah. Right, my baby's your baby. Mm-hmm. That actually would be great because as it stands, you know, in the first film, after his wife dies, we see that he gets very depressed and he stays in bed for several days until he gets a little puppy. But it's not even here like, he's like, I want to live for my sweet little dog. No, he's got a real cute dog now and he's like forgotten about it. Completely. He's not even calling to check on the dog. He's such a bad dog dad. <laughs> I know. I just thought it was strange. He's like, I want to live for the memory of love. I seek to live for the memory of love of like his ex-wife, her dead wife. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that seems strange to me. Just like a little out of character that like he like wants to live so bad. Well, that he has the the self-awareness of like that's why he wants to live, but doesn't have it about the fact that like he's been killing all these people. Right, right. The, the killing in the first film was in service of you pulled me out of retirement. You killed my puppy. I've lost my wife. I've lost everything. Now I'm going to get vengeance on you and end it. But it didn't end it. It opened up a bigger can of worms. And then he's been in that can of worms ever since. And it's escalated and escalated and escalated, but it doesn't seem like his goal anymore is to like walk away. Well, he doesn't have any goal. He has yeah, no focus. That's, that's part of the problem is he's just like killing so indiscriminately, but also so brutally. Yeah. I often hate the, well, not hate, in the past I've like really been annoyed by the plot point of like, oh, they have a child, so now they have to live. But like, mm-hmm. I think it would really make sense in yeah. this movie. I think it would help too. Yeah. Especially if they had, they had a kid who would like react to the fact that John is killing you're like doing all these awful things and john would have to like take like realize yeah that would be great maybe he wants to open like a rescue dog facility oh well that would be sweet if he cared about his dog but he doesn't say that um the elder says you have to complete a task for me and he'll be not excommunicated but bound to under the table doing hitman shit forever i thought john was gonna kill the elder in this moment he does not why would he agree to like, I'll be your slave forever if he initially wanted to get out, you know? It just doesn't make sense. In, or, in order for his life, like you'd think his life would be, you know, like that's not a life that he'd want to live. Well, maybe, maybe he met his wife while he was still in it. Again, this isn't in any of the movies. I'm just making this up. Maybe he met his wife while he was still in it. He met her and realized, oh, I want a life with you. Mm-hmm. Got out. And now because he's single, he's like, I have nothing else to live for. I'm just going to, I'm just going to bound myself in service. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like a um, self pain thing where like he gets to Oh, I'll live. punish myself forever. Yeah. But he doesn't say it. I know. That's the it, problem. Like it would have been good. Like that works for me. But he didn't say that. But they, they're like, basically you have to kill Winston, your friend, um, who's the hotel owner. He agrees. Then he chops off his finger. His ring finger. Yeah. And never marry again. And he gives his <laughs> ring to the elder. And they brand like they like cauterize his Ugh, that was so gross. Finger and they give him a bath and a new suit. It's also really hard for me to root for like in the first movie, it's very violent, but you're kind of like, yeah. Well, yeah, because you're rooting for him. It's like these people have come into his life. Yeah. But it's really hard for me to root for anybody in here because it, yeah. there's no deeper meaning or like there's no Right, you're Focus. not sure why he's doing this. Why does yeah. it matter to him anymore? Why does he want to live a life where he has to continue doing hitman shit for no reason? Like, his goal initially was to stay out or to get vengeance about his little dog. But yeah, he goes back to New York and he has, like, new... I, I thought initially he had, like, new assassin escorts from the Elder. I thought but it's too. not. It's just the ninjas, people. Yep, more ninjas. 
So because some other hitmen come towards him and the ninjas take care of them. Yeah, just kill them in the middle of a crowded. I I know I wrote like no Grand Central. Nobody notices the stabbing or is like or the bodies in the ground. Yeah, or like this group of people very clearly like you can feel when a fight is about to go down. But they all have swords. I know. <laughs> but apparently, like the hit's still out on John Wick, even though yeah. he's making this deal. Well, first he has to kill Winston. I guess. Right, that makes sense. He has a conversation with Head Ninja, who is like the main villain, and I loved him. Um, and like a little line of kids all holding hands separates them. I know. And then just like, this is what makes you better than me. Like, I would have still killed you with the kids here, but you're waiting. Oh, that actor is fantastic. He's having fun. He's so... like, I'm a big fan. Right. Well, in the moment where he's like, just completely nerding out about the fact yeah. that his hero is there. He's like, you're John Wick. You're really great at this. I'm so excited. And like, you're probably better than me because I would have killed these kids. Yeah. Um, but they all like do like little disappearing acts. Right, they're there and then they're not. Yeah, like, and John Wick disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all, like, superheroes. And then <laughs> then he kills, you know, John Wick walks outside, he kills some people on motorcycles. I'm like, are they even assassins also? It's unclear if they're the ninja assassins or if they're the... Hit- Other hitmen. Yeah, oh, for John Wick. Um, there's, like, it's like a flock of motorcycles and they've all got machetes. <laughs> I don't know, it's like, it's a sword and motorcycle fight. Why don't they have guns? Why are they communicating by telegraph? But yeah, they have a big old sword and motorcycle fight. There's absolutely no traffic on the Williamsburg Bridge. Yeah. Oh, no, it's closed. They didn't say it was closed. Oh, okay, okay. There was a sign. <laughs> you know, he fights off like 100 guys on their motorcycles. They go back to the Hitman Hotel with the head ninja. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I don't understand why the rules got suspended again here. This is where I was confused why they could walk into the Hitman Hotel. Yeah, I thought maybe the elder had communicated from his like Wi-Fi hotspot in the desert that like <laughs> right, like there's John an Wick, exception. Right, there's an exception. It's pending. But he can come in to kill you. <laughs> yes. Yep. Right. Um, but they're back at the Hitman Hotel and they're being really civilized. And this is where the ninja guy says he's a big fan of John Wick. But he's like, but he's like, but I'm a cat guy. Right, right. Because he's like, oh, it's his dog. It's the dog. Yeah. It's like, is this the dog? Yeah. <laughs> Right, then, he, then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm more of a cat guy myself. But. Yeah, he's like, I like cats. But then, yeah, they're like, come to the administrative wing, and it's the wildest set. <laughs> it looked like something out of Westworld. How would you describe it? I would describe it as, because I was trying to figure out if it was this building, but there's a building in downtown Manhattan that has been coined the, the Jenga building, because mm-hmm. it looks like a series of glass Jenga blocks stacked on top of, top of each other. So it looks like that. It also... It looks like a building that belongs in Dubai. So that's how I would describe the building. Also in down, so I used to dog sit in, in, down, oh, in Tribeca. Yeah. So I saw the Jenga building and also there's a museum or maybe it's a hotel with mm-hmm. like an event space that I could see from where I used to dog sit. And when like they were having parties, when the event space was having parties and it kind of looked like that too. Oh yeah. What would you describe this? Yeah, it's like three floors. It's all glass or plexiglass. Mm-hmm. And it's, like a see-through, you know, three-floor building. What, what does Winston say? Winston says, like, this is where we come when we want to see what's under the table. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. Oh, my God. What does this mean? Right. Like, why are you just saying these phrases that are just, like, cool to say with no meaning attached? Yeah. Like, we don't know the structure of the table. So what does it mean to say, like, we want to see what's under the table? We know what's under the table. Managers hit and henchmen. I think you meant literally, like, guns in your hand. Oh, yeah. I just didn't appreciate the... No, I think right. it's double meaning, too. I went with the, the high table meaning. I think, yeah, I think you meant it to be both. Yeah. Um, but I think you meant it to be, like, you can't hold, you can't hide a gun in here. Yeah. Whatever. Sure you can in your pocket. Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, like, it was also very Westworldy. It was, like, skulls. And like, and like, but the, like, I, I couldn't tell they're like holograms or like 3D printed skulls or something in like plexiglass cases or glass cases. Anyway, it's just a lot of glass. Listen, the art department, like 11 out of 10 for this movie. It looks beautiful. But yeah, basically he goes and talks to Winston and Winston's like, you can kill me, but you're selling your soul or we can go to war against the high table. Yeah. This is where he says, who do you wish to die as? Right. What kind of man? I'm like, mm, you're not dying as a hero. Yeah. 
And then the adjudicator's there too, right? Yeah, yeah, they and are. And they're like, the hotel is deconsecrated. Deconsecrated. The big stamp. Oh, so stupid. And then, aka, like, the hotel is excommunicated. Why didn't they just kill Winston right there? I don't know. Probably because there are special rules for an adjudicator to be like... But we, but for all we know, they, they killed the Bowery King right there. Right. <sighs> I know. It doesn't make any sense why they would just walk up there and be like, more rules for you. Okay. Stupid. Also, that wording is so funny to me. Like, it was sacred ground beforehand. Oh, same with excommunicated. Right. You know, they're, they're doing a lot of, like, religious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sure, with the branding, with the cross. Yeah. Yeah. With yep. the elder. With the, yep. This whole movie is... It's all very, like, Catholic. Wannabe metaphysical Catholic journey. Mm-hmm. The talk of souls. Yes. It, yeah, it's all very Catholic. Complete self, <laughs> complete lack of self-awareness about your actions. <laughs> like, unless, except in the way as it relates to the bureaucracy. You're right, like, the Catholic Church has such a bureaucratic system of, like, popes and deacons and, like, priests and... I wonder if it's meant to be like the parallels to the Inquisition, like the adjudicator is an inquisitor. Maybe. I think I'm really giving this movie too much credit there. Yeah, I don't think it is. Yeah. I think it is meant to feel a little Catholic. Especially with the, because this is the point where Winston says something in Latin, 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 if you want to go to peace, parabellum. Right. Prepare for war. So the hotel is no longer a safe space. And... Uh, John Wick is like, hey, like, given all that, like, can I stay and hang out and, like, have some guns? And Winston's like, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, protect the baby puppy. I know. I was like, where's your dog? Where's your dog? And then, so all the regular hitmen leave the hotel. Mm -hmm. And then two tour buses pull up. (laughs) Tour buses, I know. (laughs) Also, I was like, did they just evacuate this this part of New York? Because the streets are empty. Jeez. Yeah. Two tour buses full of High table SWAT team goons. Mm-hmm. Apparently who have updated their suits. I know. And I'm like, oh, this is like the extra boss level. Yeah. Now instead of one bullet to kill all these people, it takes like five or six. Yeah. Yeah. Until we get the higher power guns. When we should have known something was wrong, I guess, in this scene. I kind of thought it was weird. Where Winston just like sits in his safe and I thought doesn't that was, do any fighting. I thought that was very weird because I read the manager isn't even going to fight. No, he just sits in his safe. At least he, I mean, he's taking care of the dog. Yeah. But he just sits there and drinks. He's very blasé. Yeah. While um, the concierge and John Wick do all the killing. Apparently the concierge has his own team of concierges. Yes. Too. There were some other men who came out. All dressed in like the concierge up. And I was like, what? Wait. Okay. Sure. I know. We've never seen them before. It doesn't make any sense. And aren't they bound by the same rules as the other headmen? I guess not. Or they're all disposal because they all die. They're our disposable branch of concierges also why is the concierge choosing loyalty to winston and john instead of following the high table rules right won't he be killed yeah doesn't seem like there's any consequences for him though no well there's also no reason for him to like i i would have loved to know more about him and like his story and- yeah why does he care so much about john like did he have a dog who died does he just love dogs i mean at this point he needs to just adopt that dog right the dog is his now oh in any case i was worried about the dog and I was like, why doesn't the dog have a bulletproof vest now? I Halle know. Berry's doggies How have them. Get them from Halle Berry. Yeah, get her to mail you one. Why, also, why didn't Halle Berry show up at the scene? She should have with her with her assassin dogs. Right. It just upsets me. Also, if you're, as much as like pro- some problems I had with Halle Berry earlier, like if you're going to put Halle Berry in a movie, put her in for more time. Bring her back. Bring her back. Make her I would have liked her to come back in this moment. Like don't waste her screen time. Yeah, I like I liked the scenes she was in. I just would have liked her to come back here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like the SWAT team of high table. Ugh. I'm like, keep on when you say high tower, which I think is a Game of Thrones thing. Oh yeah, it's out, like isn't it the House of Dragons? Yeah. yeah. I've actually not watched the season of Game of Thrones for all my references of, of it in this. Well, episode. you know it because I tell it to you. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've been recapping the episodes on our walks. And so I also see a lot of memes where yeah. it's like, your crush, her dad, you. And it's just the same three people all over again. It's like, oh, no. her cousin, his best friend, her, the, like, they're this, the the person in charge of this, mm-hmm. that person. And it's, again, it's just the three, same three people. I, I'd have to see the meme to understand that. Yeah. So they have, they're in extra special armor. 
the bullets are bouncing off of them, which is entertaining to see. At least, at least these are like worthy opponents. Yeah. So everyone else is just dying immediately with one like shot. But this is the boss level. It takes five to eight bullets per person. Um, Winston just sits and drinks. But the guys go back, John Wick and the concierge go back and get different guns. Mm-hmm. The work. Yeah. Again, this is, for me, this is like a scene in Underworld where they're like, oh, we have to upgrade our guns because like the werewolves have figured out how to fight. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. And for me, this felt like a video game. I just, I'm replaying the original Kingdom Hearts for like the fifth time or sixth time I've beat it uh-huh. uh, throughout the years. And I'm starting on proud mode, which is like the ultra hard mode. Ooh. But basically that just means at the beginning of the game until you level yourself up. Everything is so hard and you just keep dying. Oh, so like hard. It takes, you know, it's really, really hard to kill even the, the weakest enemy. Mm-hmm. Like you have to hit them like, you know, 20 times instead of four times. Right. Um, in the regular version. So it just feels like that where yeah. they have to shoot them, you know, a ton more times until they've leveled up enough to get the big guns. And then it's like, okay, it's like they're shooting them twice and it's fine. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But neither one of them is particularly injured. No. No, they're both totally fine. Yeah. They have a big fight. The adjudicator is super petty. Yeah, they really don't like their authority being challenged because no. Winston is like, nope, I'm not going to give up. And the, the adjudicator is like, you should. And Winston's like, nope. <laughs> the adjudicator is like, we'll see. Yeah. And I, I thought we were going to lose the concierge. I did too. I was very worried and I'm really happy that we did not. I know. I thought he for sure he was going to die. I guess he was going to die in the next movie because we love him. Yeah. I love him too much. <laughs> I know. Anyway, they're now they're in the the big glass room. Yes. Yep. And it's John Wick versus a bunch of the ninjas and then the top ninja. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to break as much glass as they can with his body. <laughs> that's pretty like it's the rules here are sort of go after your opponent but mostly how much destruction can you cause now this is my favorite scene in the movie the especially when i got down to the top two ninjas and john yeah uh, like the second tier ninjas because they have so much fun like they're all fighting and and basically they're like we're big fans (laughs) so fun to fight with you he's the best right he's the best one and then he falls down and they could easily kill him but they help him up Instead, because it's, it's clearly been established, the top ninja wants to kill him. Yeah. He, he, he said to them. He like, says, nobody kills you but me. Which ex- is like a great intimate moment there. Right. Nobody kills you but me. So these guys, the henchmen, they're like, we'll help you back up. Yeah. Let's keep going. You ready to go again? It's so funny because it's such a brutal fight. But they have these moments where they stop and they're so like giddy and happy they're to be friendly. fighting with them. They're like, yeah, they're friendly to each other. And they're yeah. like, they're talking to each other. They're like, he's a little bit slow. Right. <laughs> I guess he's, is he old now? I he's been know. out of the game for five years. Yeah. They admire him. They're joking about him. And then um, he bests them, but he also leaves them alive, which I loved. Yeah. He, he bests them using a belt, too. Yeah. Here's where I tried to practice writing in cursive again. <laughs> I don't think I can read my notes. <laughs> that tells you a lot about this fight scene, that the fact that you were like, I'm going to try this <laughs> keep myself engaged. I wrote down questions that I thought we could talk about. <laughs> the fight scene is just so long. It's so long. It's so long. It's so long. And it's because there aren't any, like, I just don't know what John is fighting for anymore. Well, this it's, guy wants to be his friend. I wrote down, he's very sweet and he wants to be John Wick's best friend. Right. He also wants to kill John Wick. Kind of. But I think he mostly wants to be friends. He says, like, we would be friends. Right. I wrote, can't they just be friends? Like, they should just stop fighting and be friends. They want to be friends. But I don't know what John Wick is fighting for. I don't either. Because why isn't John Wick like, oh, like, sure, like, I'll sign an autograph. Like, I can teach you my moves. Yeah. Maybe we could buddy up. Like, why isn't John Wick, like, more chill? John really is so self-sabotaging. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't get that there's another way to do things. And that people will help him if he goes yeah, that other way. Yeah, it would be nice. He stabs a uh, head ninja in the heart with, like, a translucent pole. And the guy's like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up. And he's like, no, you're not. I know. I needed more jokes from Well, he was, yeah, I need more jokes from Keanu because the other guy was like, that was a pretty good fight, huh? (laughs) With like the pole in his chest. I know. Cute. It's very funny. I could have used some like light banter between them. I mean, the the ninja was giving it. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Keanu wasn't volleying it back. Shutting it down. Yeah. Except for with the henchman. He was having a little fun. Yeah. But we are New York City. We are the high table and we are New York City. (laughs) 
Yeah. So now we're at another face off. We're near the end now. We're at another face off with Winston and the concierge and the adjudicator. Why aren't they fighting at all? Why isn't Winston fighting? Why isn't Winston fighting them? Why aren't why isn't the, the adjudicator getting out their gun or like hitting or stabbing or anything? There's a, a strange kind of retconning here, and I didn't understand <sighs> it. And you, I know you didn't either. Where basically Winston is to the adjudicator, like, we are in New York, like, and whatever. And the adjudicator is like, huh, so you were showing strength so you could keep the Continental. And he's like, yep, great, we accept, goodbye, but you have to kill John Wick. And he goes, great, okay. And then he shoots John Wick and pushes him off the roof. Yeah, you can see I wrote, what the heck? <laughs> I thought it was a trick. I thought he hadn't really shot John Wick. I thought, like, John was wearing, you know, a bulletproof vest there, or, like, John knew this was coming. I thought that was worked out beforehand, too. Yeah. I definitely thought that. That was, like, their master plan. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't. Which is really messy and sloppy writing. Yeah, I agree. So it wasn't their master plan. I guess he really did think he was killing John Wick. Mm-hmm. And then the concierge is just okay with that? It was very strange. I guess, like, we're supposed to think, oh, he's just acting selfishly. Because then then the next thing we see is that, like, oh, John Wick has disappeared in the street. And the adjudicator is, like, all of a sudden afraid of John Wick. And they're, like... We don't want John Wick coming after us in the night. That'll be bad for both of us. Right. Now, you're, now you respect him and are afraid of him. Before you're everyone like, kill him, kill him, kill him, you know? Yeah. They're like, oh, he's the Baba Yaga. And it's like, mm. kill him yourself. But of course, John Wick is alive. Jason Manzoukas is pushing him through the streets. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I was like, I hope that was Winston's plan all along, but it doesn't appear to be. So then Bowery King is still alive, which I was very happy about. Yes, Bowery King lives. And then I wrote, this movie went nowhere. It was just a giant setup for the next one. Yeah. So Bowery King explains what's happening because we don't get it. No. And he says, Winston keeps his hotel. John Wick takes the fall. He says, if you cut it, basically, to paraphrase it, if you cut the king, you better, like, you better kill him. So he wants to go toward the high table now. He's pissed. He's like, I'm angry. Are you angry? John Wick, like, looks up from his all bloody and he's like, Yo, I know me. Like, where is his dog? But yeah, we end at the same place we began, which is they're about to go to war at the high table. All right. This is how, can I fix this ending? Yes. Um, Just the ending, because I feel like we've talked through how I would also fix a lot of this movie. Oh, yeah. Again, they should get the band back together, basically. That should be the purpose of this movie. It should be Winston. It should be the Bowery King. It should be uh, Angelic Houston. Mm-hmm. It should be John Wick and Halle Berry. And that they should be like leading the charge against the high table. This whole, I mean, it would still make sense if if Winston gets to keep the Continental and John Wick takes the fall, if John Wick were in on it. Right. Well, that that's what's going to happen in the next movie, I suspect. I suspect it will be John Wick, Angelica Houston, Halle Berry, um, Bowery King, and the concierge, perhaps, not Winston. Mm-hmm. All, all team up to get the high table. I, I could see a scene... And the next movie, watch this be what happens, right? I can imagine a scene where John Wick confronts Winston. Winston goes, well, that was the plan. I was tricking them. I knew you would survive. I did. That's why I shot you only here and here. Yeah. The places where you could easily survive. And John Wick goes, like, fuck you. I don't care. And kills Winston anyway. Yeah. Ian McShane. That's the actor's name. But I could see that right. happening. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the characters that this actor plays because we saw him in death race too Mm -hmm. i've seen a few other things but he's really good at just like rationalizing bad actions right well he seems sleazy yeah and um mercurial Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of what barry king was saying he's like well i would have done the same thing like he is being a little sleazy yeah and um double crossing you but i get it i'm like i don't get it but okay there's like such a world about honor but like everyone's like i'll do whatever for the high table like, yeah, I don't get it. Including John Wick. Like, I still don't get why John Wick sliced off his finger other than just, like, trying to kill the elder. I don't get why he didn't kill the elder at all. That's totally what I thought was going to happen. I thought that was his master plan. Mm-hmm. It also makes me think that John Wick is really dumb. Like, if you're going to go to all these lengths to get, like, back where you started, why not just take out the, the head of the snake? Take out the elder and then go after the high table which is what's going to happen in the next movie. But why did I watch two hours and 10 minutes of this movie that's so violent? It's so fun. I still had a fun time. I'll say that. Yeah. I still enjoyed myself, but it is annoying to end the movie being like, it's all set up for the next movie. Now we're going to go to war and we have to wait however long for that movie. But it was so ultra violent and brutal. And it felt like a lot of the violence wasn't necessary. 
No, it wasn't justified at all. So also more Angelica Houston, please. Yeah. Okay. So overall, how many trash can fires out of five trash can fires would you give this movie? Oh God, I'm, I'm really waffling. So I gave the original John Wick a three and I don't want to give this movie a two because I had like, I had fun. I, fun. Mm-hmm. Two and a half feels like really, but I don't, I didn't like it as much as I liked the first one. Mm-hmm. For context, you gave John Wick two, two and a half. Yeah. Can I give 2.75? <laughs> no, we can't um, get that granular. I'm going to give it a two and a half. I feel very conflicted about the decision just because it was so ultra violent, but there were, there were so many parts that I did like. And I like being in this strange hitman world a, yeah. little, a little bit. This fantasy world is kind of fun. I think John Wick himself was darker in this movie than we've seen him. And he's, he's a very dark character, but I liked the scenes in the first movie where he was like defending his home and killing. Yeah. Well, it, it felt like he had more of a personality. This just felt like I'm a killing machine. What about okay. you? 2.5. I thought it was fine, but it didn't like rise to the occasion for me. Like I still had a fun enough time, but it was also so long. It was so and long. So, and some of the fight scenes were just so long and boring. I really did like the head ninja guy, but I wanted to see more humor from John Wick too. Like a little volley back. I wish I could give it a 2.75. That's where I would land. But I think if we start getting that granular, I we'll know. never get out of it. Yeah, well, we, unlike John Wick 3's <laughs> bureaucracy, we have rules that make sense. Yes, <laughs> so. to protect ourselves from... <laughs> Separate ourselves from the animals. That's right. Uh, Can I also say, I am, in, in wrapping this up, I'm going to go see uh, a horror movie today by myself. And the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, what a terrible idea. I'm going to be so scared and I'm going to be alone and oh no. Have fun. <laughs> You're very brave. I am very brave. Do you think I'll be okay? I think you'll be okay. Do you think I'll survive it? Should I send you a scary video of me smiling? Definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't do that. Okay. Okay, I will. <laughs> so our next movie is going to be The Gray Man. Um, starring Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling, two Ryans. And I think it came out this year. Yeah. And we don't know anything about it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, and Ana de Armas. Oh, I said Ryan Reynolds. It could also be Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) I don't really know. I think you're right. I think it is Chris Evans. I think it's Chris Evans playing a villain, which I'm excited about. Sounds good. I'm excited. Um, in the meantime, if you're enjoying this podcast, please go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. Um, you can also send movie recommendations to us at ladiesgetaction at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at ladiesgetaction. And Ren, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at either Rin Olson, that's R-I-N-O-L-S-S-O-N, or at Renaissance Media. Rebecca, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Rebecca Ringley Casting. Until next time, get get some some action. action.